Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another fine edition, fine, fine edition, best edition, probably not, of Frankenstein's Frankensteiner Wrestling Podcast. I am always your fabulous host. I'm Martin, and as always, I have my studious co-host always with me. Have Cliff. Cliff is here. He is using What's a up, brand guys? new. He's using a brand new mic. People. He doesn't. He's not using like little iPhone normal speaker f- phone things, ear pods, whatever. He's upgraded. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, actually, nice to have like a microphone that actually works and not feel like I'm in outer space. Now, only if we can get you to either update your internet or cell service or get a hard line connection so that way you don't always sound like a robot every so often. Then we'll be truly upgraded. Yay, internet. I have already upgraded my modem, Mm. my router. Mm. Comcast just sucks. Mm. Well, that's great that you say Comcast just sucks because half of the sentence that you just said, nobody heard. So that's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. So uh, we have been uh, AFK for a little bit. Uh, last week was Thanksgiving, so I hope all of you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I know one thing that I was grateful for is that I have not watched wrestling since Survivor Series and TakeOver. And it's been kind of refreshing because I've re- been resetting myself kind of. So uh, we can kind of go over TakeOver being probably the TakeOver of the year. I'll say it. Takeover, this past takeover was just everything. Even the women's match. The women's match was even kind of clunky, but it was, it was still fantastic. At the whole card, they, everybody who performed, even the quick little blip of a match with Riddle and uh, Cassius, it's just everything was perfection. Great fucking pay-per-view. Loved it. Loved it. And then following night, we got Survivor Series. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was Survivor Series. It was it was it was a main roster production. Um, not the performers' fault. We can't blame the really the performers. Um, we we can blame the people who book it. Uh, and you know the people in charge of creative because it just wasn't that great. Uh, Charlotte and Rhonda, they kind of did their thing. That was great. But other than that, yeah. So since I, I have not, no. since I have not uh, watched anything other than like NXT since TakeOver, and Survivor Series weekend. I have not watched. I've like I've, I've dabbled. I've read. Uh, we'll we'll let Cliff just like sum up, give a synopsis of the past couple of episodes of Raw and SmackDown. So, if there was anything important, if there was nothing important, or if it was just terrible, like this apparently this past Raw, this past Monday was. Then we won't have to really worry about anything. We can just talk about what we loved uh, for the past couple of weeks. So, Cliff, what, what, uh, enlighten us, please. Oh, I kind of want to backtrack towards NXT, right? And I thought that every single match 
uh, was light years ahead of Survivor Series, right? And like, my biggest problem with Survivor Series one that there was a there was a big miss with the pre-show not counting because that didn't even played into factors following Tuesday for SmackDown and no about it on Raw the week before. So that day before. And damage specifically what you're talking about is the so-called quote unquote clean sweep of the Raw versus SmackDown matches. Raw won technically what they're saying, all of them, but on the pre-show was the 10 man tag team elimination Survivor Series match where five Raw tag teams faced off against five SmackDown tag teams, and apparently there was a creative fuck-up, and the Usos won against the Revival as the last match, as the last teams, and so SmackDown got a victory. And main roster, yeah, they apparently just, yeah, they ignore it. Because pre-show doesn't matter. Tag teams don't. And that's that's the problem because what we ended up finding out too was like like Drake Maverick got picked up by the on Survivor Series and and uh, and like of all the story that you didn't follow the one you did follow up on was a uh, storyline which ultimately people were just making fun of Drake Maverick and the crowd gets behind. You know, the crowd get P, but instead of calling them AOP, they're calling them AOPP. And it's just, to me, it did not think, not think about that we're going to ultimately come from this. And that's, that was like horrific. And we had this situation where like the segment just went, there was too many segments of like Dean and Seth throughout the whole show. Like, guys got to fighting at the end the crowd was burned out of them and they didn't they didn't want them there it was just it was a crazy thing to see you know that oh god so for anybody who missed that basically the only tag team match they mattered was the raw tag team champions aop versus smackdown tag team champions uh no one cared about the match and Drake Maverick pissed himself. Quote, unquote, pissed himself. So, yeah. So, I don't know what issues you have with internet, but yeah. That whole sentence, I was trying to listen, and nobody got time to try to decipher that. I need Google. I need fucking uh, uh, Rosetta Stone. So, (laughs) I need you to relocate something. (laughs) I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to move. Hold on. I'm gonna need you to like get a signal booster for your iPad. I'm gonna need you to get a PC or a laptop that has a wired connection, so that way we can uh, do this appropriately. So while he is doing that, because I am so against editing lately that I just don't want to go and re-edit things, I am going to take the time quickly to look up the raw results from the 19th. Because I know... Do I sound a lot better? 
Uh, I, I mean, it's we'll, we'll we'll find out soon enough. It's not sound. You're fine now, but I think it's just because I moved closer to the to the modem. Mm. Well, to the router. Well, I hope that you're actually on Wi-Fi and not on. I'm on Wi-Fi. So, yep. So, Survivor Series was just lackluster, pretty much, is what Cliff said. Um, Raw, apparently. Yeah, apparently. We had the Dean Ambrose Ambrose segments that went on, and there was four different segments where Seth was looking for Dean. Dean was like, hey, I'm here in the arena, and I don't want to come out to Los Angeles because everybody smells and blah, 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 blah. And then the next segment you saw was Dean. Seth doing the interview, Dean came up behind him and just kind of stood there. And then you saw Seth leaving. Dean came out. Seth came back to the arena and they fought. But that was over three hours and people were just tired by the time that they saw him. And then you had the fluke roll up by uh, the glorious Gable. I believe that's what they're calling now. Ugh. The raw tag team division right now. Is in shambles. Trash. It's trash. Throwing throwing just two people that you're not doing anything with, like Gable and Rude, is stupid. Stupid. That's the worst. It, it literally is. It, it quite literally is. So, other than the revival, AOP, which I don't even want to call them that. I, mean, I'm gonna call, I want to call them Authors of Pain because that's what yeah. they were. That's what that's when they were good. So revival, authors of pain, B team, ascension. Am I, miss- like- is, am I missing anything? Because you know the revival. Two two Mondays ago, the revival came out and was willing to challenge any tag team. Oh. And you end up having Lucha House Party came out, and then Lucha Rules and the match together. And they beat the revival. Let's can, can we can, let's let's okay. The raw tag team scene is so un like unnourished, famished that they had to pull the stable from two hundred five in order to have depth in the tag team division. And it's not even that; it's depth. It's that they're just desperate. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. And the crazy part was is that the revival came out the next week on Raw and was talking about, well, it wasn't fair. We weren't ready. We didn't understand Lucha rules, blah, 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 blah. So we challenged them again, and they got beat. So now you just make the revival look like chumps. See, <sighs> Even that, I gotta get really comfortable for this. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's this is terrible. Fucking, you have Bobby Roode and Chad Gable who are singles competitors mainly, or should be. They should be, and they're a tag team. Yet you have people on the sideline like Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Now, don't get me wrong, I dislike Zack Ryder. I'm not a fan of his, but he was in a tag team with Kurt Hawkins. Gable was in the tag team first. Yeah. 
But that his his former partner, yes. I don't see Bobby Roode as a tag team person. I really don't. I I just I don't can't. Yeah, it just it's no, it's terrible. Well, so here's what I mean, you got, but you got so many you got people who are not being shown on TV. You got Rhino and Heath Slater, which is kind of a thrown together tag team, but still, nonetheless, they're a tag team. Whatever. Okay. I can. Uh, I see more of that. You got No Way Jose who isn't doing crap. You haven't oh. really used the Ascension at all. Your <laughs> Goldust, I guess, is just injured. Whatever. Um, it's just, yeah, I just... Well, so then Kurt, you don't know. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Hill came back. I don't know. I don't know. No, they brought No Way, no way Jose back on Raw this last week. Oh, they did? What did they do with him? Who did he lose and to? <laughs> uh, you know the modern day Maharaja. really gender got a win oh not just the win and Ugh. the crazy part was had a match right before with um Alicia Fox and Amber won, and her new tag team partner for the Mixed Match Challenge was Kurt Hawkins. Oh. Imagine. You can only imagine what happened on the Mixed Match Challenge. Not that you watch it, but you already know. I mean, if... if I mean, Kurt lost, probably. Kurt lost trying to pin Alicia Fox. Just to put what? it out there. What? <laughs> yeah, so during a mixed match challenge, uh, Amber Moon hit the was hit the eclipse. She was getting ready to pin her when Kurt Hawkins like tagged himself in right before she hit the eclipse, and he went to pin Alicia Fox. And the ref was like, "I don't know what you're doing. You can't be in the ring." And he kicked Amber out. But by the time he turned around, Jinder slid in, hit him with the Colossus and got the pin and knocked out the number one seeded team. It was just, it was, it was like all the storylines that are on raw just really don't make any sense right now. Like there's, there's my head clearly hurts. not a direction. My head hurts. Just by <laughs> listening to that. My head hurts. Oh so. no, wait, hmm. is it that raw helping Braun and Roman and now that those two guys aren't in Raw right now, there's no talent. So what did we do? We made the whole show the last two weeks, six hours of it, based around Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre beating up on Elias and Finn Balor. That's, that's what we did. That's what, that's what we chose. And to make matters a little worse, the the great heel turn of Dean Ambrose and the self-confliction that he was going through about Roman and everything, all wasted by him simply saying, I'm not going to do this show because you people don't deserve me. You guys smell. Or... I'm going to get a tetanus shot before I come to Milwaukee because I don't know what kind of illnesses you people got. 
Yo, I saw that, and it just... (sighs) Do we have to to talk about Raw anymore? Can we move on? Can we... Because, like, there's not even the women's division. Like, it's... Naya, it's... It's all centered around Naya. Who we know is just... And unfortunately, as... As bad I am as, so remember, mad that they are pushing her as the face breaker when they ruined the money match. Yeah, they might have they might have they might have opportunity to make something better of it. Maybe at Mania, maybe at Rumble. I don't know. But you know, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm please but like here's the crazy part, right? Remember like Katie used to talk about like how bad raw was because of alexa bliss and that she would hold the talent down but what we're really seeing is that the talent is just not on her level like certain people aren't like nia Jax is clearly not on her level and unfortunately for someone like alicia fox neither is her she's not on that she's not on the level either there are there are people who are at that level but they're they're losing to freaking nia and tamina and sasha sasha could do it Mickey James Ember. could do it, and Ember could do it. Those are like your top three people, but ah, Ruby, Ruby and Rhonda, to an extent, in different ways. But you know, you, know you have you have what fourteen? Let's count. You got Alexa Bliss, Alicia Fox, Bailey, Dana Brooke, Ember, Liv, Mickey, Natalia, Naya, Rhonda, Ruby, Sarah, Sasha, Tamina. Yeah, you have fourteen women on the roster, and literally zero of them are being built up to to do anything you've got ember who just lost to alicia fox who is a known jobber alexa bliss is out on injury possibly going to be the new general manager we don't know bailey and sasha have been racking up l's dana brooke is a joke Liv and sarah are just going to be the backup to ruby and tamina is also a jobber as well naya can't fucking wrestle can't talk Natalia, I don't know what they're doing with her. And then Mickey is just back up to whatever Alexa is going to be probably doing. So I don't know. That leaves just Ember, which you just had her pull an L. Ruby, which they're probably not because do anything with her because she just took losses from Ronda, the Bellas, and Natty. And I just there's there's no like there's no structure. There's like there's like this little storyline that's kind of going on right now. With Ruby and Natty, right? So the Riot Squad and Natty. And as much as people are going to be like, well, this will be terrible, there was a part where Rhonda was looking to fight Naya and Tamina. And Natty came running down from the top. And as she got to the ring, the Riot Squad came out and jumped her. Yeah, I saw that and they like, like, blindsided her out of nowhere. And that was kind of quick. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, that was impressive because like no really where the fuck did they come from oh i i was like wow i was like this is a that was a really cool moment and i was like yo like i'm i'm excited about what i just saw in just that small time and then this is a tag match between naya tamina ronda and natty and you know the riot squad is going to get involved no matter it doesn't change anything yeah, this isn't. This is such a heel-heavy show because Sasha and Bailey are just jokes now, and, and they're not really doing anything with Ember. And Dana is on another fucking heel turn. Apparently, I don't fuck. I don't fucking know. I really don't. That fucking was know. weird. Like, 
clearly, clearly well because you know for some people starcade just happened too which was like a glorified house show but dana brooke teamed with ember sasha and bailey at that show and then 48 hours they have her beating them down i was like yeah you guys aren't you guys clearly are not any kind of protocol you're just kind of like whatever. throw it to the throw it to the air people aren't going to remember talking about it not so if you fucking don't tr- yeah especially if you don't fucking try which is what they're fucking doing anyways no we're moving on i'm <sighs> this is the Back reason down. why i'm aggravated with the product because it's raw's garbage like i cannot wait for fucking january because i know it's at least gonna possibly hopefully pick up for a rumble season it's the only oh, thing on. I'm excited for. So let's talk about let's talk about the crazy part of SmackDown, right? So the SmackDown after Survivor Series, right? Charlotte Flair comes out and she's talking about how she loved beating down uh, Ronda Rousey and mm. that she did it for Becky and she did it for the girls in the back, blah 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 blah. When Becky Lynch shows up, she's like, "Hey, you're copying me," and then Charlotte makes the line of, "You're not." you are copying my father and then you are copying me and then charlotte says i didn't do i didn't beat ronda down for you like that's not what you just said a week before not even seven days someone needs to roll the footage up on the titantron and show how she did (laughs) at least follow a little bit because then she could be like, you know, I lied to those people. I didn't really care for them. This is what I wanted. And at that point, I, they, I, they don't shows. know what they want to do. They clearly don't know what they want to do. And that's pissing me off. But luckily enough, they're developing things on SmackDown, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what I'm seeing from the women's division, at least on SmackDown. When it comes to, when it comes to everything else, it's just kind of like, well... That's not entirely true because I do like what's going on with the tag teams right now, especially now that the the whole point of the big show being with the bar. I, I don't know what that was, but I'm kind of glad they broke them up because now you have a new challengers in um, the Usos. So what happened? You know, they, they put on some back, 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 back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. What happened with the big show in the bar? So. I guess there was like a segment, they did a pre-segment where like the week before there was the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving feast match where the New Day and the bar with the Big Show fought. Well, the New Day won and everybody got something, right? So Big Show got put through a table with some pies, uh, some, I can't remember, I think... Uh, Cesaro took potatoes to the face, and then Big uh, Big E shoved a turkey up, or put his hand up a turkey and hit Sheamus in the face with it. Right, and they got the pin. They won. But the next week, they were showing a segment because you saw like like grabbing his jaw. So they showed this segment that happened previous before SmackDown ever started. And so what you saw was you had and 
Cesaro and Shame is talking and Cesaro was just in Big Show's face. You didn't help us enough. You didn't protect us. You weren't doing your job. I don't know why you're here. Blah, 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 blah. And then he grabs Big Show's singlet and snaps the strap and then Big Show punches him in the face and then walks away. Seamus then says, you're out of the bar. And that was it. Exciting. <laughs> so then what you saw, the Usos came in and they beat the bar. And so now they're up in the lines for a title shot. Bar. Which I have to admit, though, the bar and the Usos have really great chemistry together. So it's it's cool that weren't, we're going to get that Weren't they last year's Survivor Series tag match? The bar versus the Usos? Wasn't that the one from last year? Yes, because was it last year when it was the Shield versus the New Day? I think so. I'm pretty sure that's what that was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Because I, I remember, I think I remember that because that was like... Badass. So, and you know what was great about this match too was like every time that Jimmy or Jay would try to hit the splash, Cesaro would come out of nowhere and hit him with an uppercut. True. <laughs> like the I just Uso. I'm tired of it being centered around the Usos and the New Day. Like, you have Sanity there. You have the club there. Do something with them. Shit, the clones are there, and they're back. Yeah, the clones. <laughs> like, yeah, they're no, both, there's like, a lot healed, of other and, teams But the clones are actually good. Like, I actually like them. Yeah, they're not over. It's because you keep burying them, but they're former champions, and they have good work ethic. They, I mean, there's a reason why you keep jobbing them out to people. But I'm, uh, okay. You know what's a funny thing, though, is that you keep repackaging these guys and trying to, like, sell them on the idea that they're going to be great. But the problem is, is they're, they're AR injury prone. It's either always Epico or Primo that get hurt. And then momentum, and then you bring them back. Because remember, they were the spent, the, they had the Matadors. They were and, the Ma- Los Matadores, yep. And then before uh, that, they were managed by Rosa Mendez. But they were won the championships with Rosa Mendez. So, I mean, I don't know. They had them like trying to promote Puerto Rico. <laughs> that was stupid. Um, has Shinsuke been on the show at all? Shinsuke has been on the show. Oh, uh, they're actually using the U.S. Championship finally. So, guess who his opponent was? Uh, Rusev was Rusev. Oh, hey, I won. Guess how long? Guess how long the match lasted? A minute. Zero seconds. Never got started. Shinsuke came out first. He, you know, he did the Shinsuke thing. And then Rusev came out. And as Rusev got in the center of the ring, Shinsuke Nakamura then hits this man with a Kinshasa and then throws him outside and hits him with another one. But with that being said i can accept that it's kind of yeah it's kind of developing so it's kind Mm -hmm. of cool to see that there's things moving in the direction for both those guys true it's better than being underutilized for rusev and nakamura whatever poor champion you don't even have him on the show for like eight weeks 
right? You're too busy promoing fucking Randy Orton, who is useless. But whatever. You have him. You have him lose to Rey Mysterio to get into the crowd jewel. Ugh, let's not talk about that abor- abortion of a pay per view. Sorry, it was not a pay per view. It, it it was a network special. Oh, and here's the other thing that was weird. So the last week, the Miz like pleaded with Shane McMahon, and they were talking about how they were, you know, two thirds the best. Uh, the best wrestler in the world and that Shane McMahon was the best wrestler and they should be a tag team. Yikes. What ends up happening is that uh, Miz goes to Paige, asks for a match. They get in these two jobbers, uh, Dane and Dane, Dane and Brent. I don't remember, something like that. Anyway. The jobbers, who cares? So Miz is like talking trash as he's beating them. He goes to tag in Shane. Shane's like, nah, it's cool. Just go handle it. Gets rolled up. One, two, three. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. So you're telling me that the what, five, six time Intercontinental Champion, literally the dude who ha- was making the IC title fucking awesome. Um, former WWE champion got rolled up by a jobber dude from Los Angeles. Huh. So as ridiculous as that sounds, are they building a storyline between Shane and Miz? Oh, let's fast forward a week. Okay. Now Shane or not Shane, uh, Miz is in a backstage segment with the new day. And a new day are laughing. It's like, oh, what are you guys watching? He's like, hey, we're watching this video. And then Miz goes, oh, I knew it. You guys are Mariners. He's like, that's what I name my fans who watch the Marine. And uh, oh, no, actually, no. we were watching. <laughs> like, no, actually, we were watching your match from last night when you got rolled up. And here's like the funniest parts, right? They're like. Dang, Kane, Kyrie Sane, and at that point, uh, Big E pulls out a picture of Kyrie Sane, and <laughs> they keep they keep talking in, in rhyme, and then finally Xavier Woods starts singing Kane's entrance theme, and uh, <laughs> Miz was like, "You know what? Me and my tag team partner are gonna take you guys on in a match." I'm going to go talk to him right now. And he leaves. And then you come to find out that Big E is actually a Mariner himself and has seen all of the Miz's movies. So um, when we fast forward, the match is actually a one-on-one match between Kofi Kingston and the Miz. Okay. What year is it? Is it fucking 2010? Yes. And great match. But what happened was is uh Miz obviously is trying to cheat. He brings in a steel chair. Xavier takes it from him. Trouble in paradise. One, two, three. The Miz goes to the back to Shane. He's like, hey, where were you? You're my tag team partner. And Shane's like, I never agreed to be your tag team partner. And now you have like between the two of them, which from what I've been reading and what I've understood is that this is a plan to make Shane turn heel and have the Miz turn face. No. 
we already know how great that last face run was for. Oh my Mets. god, no, please. Like, why? Ooh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's not even like, though, that's not even the craziest part of SmackDown. So oh let's go back a week. Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio main event SmackDown. <laughs> Is and... it fucking 2004? <laughs> so wait, wait, wait! No, 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 point... no, no! Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up! You have two fucking forty-year-olds that main evented what WrestleMania 21 or 22? Was it 22? Okay, with Kurt Angle, and they were on SmackDown. So that's why 2004, 2005. 13 years later, and oh, okay, okay, great. We're WCW. Go on. So, so this match is going on. They're going back and forth. And finally, uh, it was kind of a cool spot because Rey Mysterio tried to do the penguin slide out of the ring like he always does where he lands, out them, lands, on, uh, lands on them. And instead, Randy Orton turns into an RKO and hit, hits the RKO. And it starts beating down uh, Rey Mysterio. Ultimately, he takes his mask from him. Like, just okay, rips it off. Okay, I'm going to need Randy Orton not to steal TJP's gimmick. Oh. Then, let's fast forward a week. <laughs> Randy Orton comes out with Rey Mysterio's mask. And he has a hand. He's talking about, I don't understand this, this thing. I don't really care to. That's not my thing. Blah, 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 blah. Hold on. Hold, time out, time out, time Rey out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Let's stop. Okay. So, currently TJP is doing the same type of gimmick against the Lu- or was doing the same type of gimmick against the Lucha House Party on 205. Which, this was also a gimmick that Chris Jericho did back in, like, 2011 on SmackDown against Frey Mysterio. Something, something like that. Like, this is... <sighs> and don't forget... This also happened on WCW back in oh well, there was uh, a shit ton of, yeah, there was a shit ton of cruiserweights and masks that this was a thing. So okay, so uh, okay, yeah, so you end up Let's, having this. Okay, tell me how Randy Orton did this gimmick worse than TJP. <laughs> so let's fast forward to this last week, right? Okay. So. Andy Orton comes out, hey, I never understood what this mask was about. I didn't really care to. All I want, I didn't mean to disrespect Rey Mysterio. I just wanted to embarrass him because that's what I want to do. I want to take down your favorites and embarrass them. Uh, at this point, Rey Mysterio comes out with a neck brace and he like hobbles down to, or he walks down to the ring. Then Rey Mysterio starts getting the attack. They go back and forth. Ultimately, Rey gets uh starts losing and randy gets the upper hand he takes the chair puts it on his throat throws him into the stairs steel steps and then goes to try to grab the mask again from ray mysterio and it was crazy because ray mysterio obviously had another mask on so it's like the mask that randy orton has it's pretty much irrelevant because he has another mask shocker illusion has multiple masks masks go on all different, all different colors uh-huh. uh but yeah, so like that's pretty much like how that segment ended was just him, you know, like Randy just trying to take the mass of Rey Mysterio. So it wasn't like there was like 
be a, a story at TLC. Don't be surprised. It'll probably be a, be a chairs match at between oh, Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. Oh, boy. So we're going to see that happen. Sign me up. There was a moment on SmackDown that I thought was really cool from this last week. Uh, they were celebrating Jeff Hardy's 20th anniversary. I did watch this. WWE. I did watch this on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. Because I was like, 20 years? Really? Are we not counting the time that he was in Ring of Honor and TNA? Okay. <sighs> not even counting the time where he made his official debut in 1994. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he didn't he go up? Who did he, who did he wrestle back then? Up, he was like, uh, like 15. He's remote. It was. <laughs> I I know that only because. Like I've watched a lot of different videos, and even like Russell Talk was the guys who talked about it. They were like, "Yeah, that was his debut match." Uh, so what made this moment kind of cool was there was um there was a big promo package. There were you know everybody was out on the stage except one person, and so they're like talking about it. they're like celebrating. Everybody's like, "Thank you, Jeff." He's giving a speech. There's like a weird delete chant that goes on, and Jeff says, "You guys can just delete that." Delete the delete champ, pretty much. Hmm. And then, like, yeah, so that's that was really weird. But then, like, here was the crazy part. So then, finally, the last person who was on stage, Samoa Joe, makes his appearance, and he's like, "Yo, he one of the most personal." ever heard right and it was like hey i was in the back sorry for my tardiness but i was in the back getting ready to pop champagne bottles and everything but then i realized it's probably not smart to have drinks around you oh like oh yeah. shit oh shit <laughs> oh so we're getting a jeff hardy fucking samoa joe feud like is this tna in 2015 <laughs> Yep, that's like, I don't mind, I don't mind these feuds on SmackDown. I really don't. I, I know I jest and poke fun at like Rusev and Nakamura. That's great. Hardy and Samoa Joe. That's new to WWE audiences. That's great. So I'm fine with it. Because I like both the, I like both of them. I like their work style. Randy and Ray, uh, whatever. Brian and uh AJ that's turning out to be interesting. I'm liking it, but it's, I don't know. I just still feel like the product is dull. Like, oh, go no, on, I, go I, on to the, go on to the women, go on to the women. Maybe I, I yeah. Oh, like this was another thing too, where like, I had just previously mentioned, right? Charlotte came out. She said her two cents about how, you know, she did it for Becky. She did it for the girls in the back only to one week later, say that that wasn't true. Like that's yeah, not what she, she did for her. She right. Uh, the five women on the roster, to include Zelina Vega, right? That's that's including her into this. They came out and they're like, "Hey, Paige, we're only making matches." Which, by the way, at TLC will be the first female TLC match, and Becky and Charlotte and a mystery opponent um, is going to be attached to this, right? So you end up having the five women. The five heels come out and they're like, "You're only fa you're showing favoritism, you know, just because you used to be a part of Absolution, mind you, this is Mandy Rose saying it. You used to be a part of that. 
a part of absolution, but we can clearly see that you just favor your PCB buddies. Whoa. <laughs> Yo, that was a great line. I was like, I like that. I, I like you. that. Like, thank you. Like someone whoever wrote that. Thank you for showing continuity. Like, yay. Okay. So okay. Then- I can dig it. You have the four, you have the four f- other faces show up, right? So Naomi was there, um, Asuka, obviously. Mm. Who else was in there? So anyway, we had Sonia. So we had Sonia, Zelina, Mandy, Mandy, Billy, and Payne, and then Lana, Naomi, Lana, Naomi, Asuka, Asuka. Becky, Charlotte. Am I missing somebody? There is somebody we're missing. Because there was four faces. Carmella. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They're they're all out there. You're not forgettable at all. Shit. Sorry. She just had a title run. (laughs) Let's not talk about it. Oscar twice. And Charlotte. Anyway, so let's move past this. Uh comes out and the crazy thing is is the crowd is going crazy for Asuka and like Naomi doesn't really know how to respond to it so she was just like yeah and then she got in the back and we're listening to Mandy talk and we have to be honest we agree with her then says all right all nine of you out there are going to be in a battle royal the winner of the battle royal will go on to match against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair happens and people are getting thrown out one person in particular was being made to look very dominant right and uh, this was something I was going to kind of talk to you about before we started recording but now that we're we're here this is the, this is the part so it comes down to the final four girls Naomi Oscar and uh, Absolution or Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville which over he got thrown out then Naomi so it left Oscar and Sonya Deville now I'm gonna be honest this match between these two because the chemistry they had in the ring even for Sonya I feel like she's still kind of young just being the way that she is I was very sold on the fact that I thought she was gonna win this match that's Royal, good. The Battle Royal. I really believed it. There was a part where they're both on the outside. They're fighting back and forth. They're throwing kicks at each other. Both of them land head kicks. They both kind of stumble. And you're at this point, you're like, yo, this is going to happen. Because Mandy Rose even tried to get involved in the match. And you're like, Sonya is going to win this match. Ultimately, that's not what happened. Sonya Deville got kicked off the edge. She lost. And Asuka... Moving on to Charlotte and Becky. So, yeah, it was a really great setup. That sounds like a fucking money match right there. Fucking Becky, Charlotte, and Asuka in a TLC triple. Oh, yes. And they made Asuka look like a boss because she threw out out the Iconics. She threw out, I think she's the one that threw out Mandy. She threw out Sonya. Uh, Zelina Vega. 
the majority of the throws. And the crowd really got behind her, which was like really, really cool. And I was I was hyped for it. But I was like, that part of me wanted to see Sonya Deville win. But it wouldn't have I like Sonya. Like I, I'm biased towards Sonya because, you know, she she LGBT family. Um, so I I appreciate her doing her thing. Um, I still don't think she's ready but has she improved oh hell yeah her and mandy are definitely like people to look out for 100 like i cannot wait to see what we're going to be getting from mandy and sonia in the future because they're fucking great they're fucking oh, they're, great. They're, they're amazing and i was like whoa i was like sonia deville i like sonia deville's new gear <laughs> which is kind of funny because like she wore it on survivor series which was like the big sd right and she was wearing all blue and you're like oh yeah she's team smackdown and then the next week you saw her in the same gear again and you're kind of like oh yeah i forgot sonia sonia deville sd that makes that makes perfect sense really <laughs> okay you're cute that's stupid <laughs> you're dumb Ugh. So, yeah, but, you know, and that's how SmackDown ended was that moment. So it was cool to see Oscar on top and she was talking to Becky. She was talking to Becky Lynch. She was talking to Charlotte and kind of faded out. And that's kind of what moved on. Oh, it's a great that SmackDown made up for the Raw the previous night. It did. I don't want to say it, it made up for the last three SmackDown or Raw. But it definitely, it definitely feel better. It almost, you know, to take something from like the guys from Russell Talk, they they said it too. It felt like WWE just was like, you know what, reset, boop, and they just reset everything because they're like, yep, this is this is terrible. We're not getting anything, and the crowd's really not into it. So that they turned so, it. it. There was where's a great, the reset? It was it on SmackDown because it's not on Raw. It was definitely on SmackDown. That's not all right. Okay, well then let's keep this. Well, I like let's keep the SmackDown momentum going. So yeah, and- uh, let's let's quickly move on because we spent a lot of time talking about SmackDown and Raw. Uh, let's move on to NXT because uh, my food's here and it's getting cold. So <laughs> the greatness of the uh, greatness. Yeah, oh, coming off of uh, the great. Oh my God, you are you're one hundred percent correct when we said that. It's it's the event of the year. Which NXT Takeover was amazing, and then the next week we had uh, Keith Lee versus some jobber, Lars Sullivan versus another jobber, and then we had a great match between Candice LeRae and Nikki Cross, which I was I was hyped on that match, and then the next week, uh, we had the Mighty. They they were they were at the, an event. The, the match to me that I really cared about, I didn't really watch anything else except for Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan, which if you didn't know, there was the week before Lars Sullivan was beating up on a jobber, like bad, just beating him up. And Keith Lee came out to save the jobber. And that's when Keith Lee and Lars Sullivan kind of got to talking about it back and forth. A match. Sorry. So Keith Lee, Lars Sullivan. Yes. So. so probably Lars Sullivan's goodbye feud. Probably gonna put over Keith Lee. Right? Um, did not put him over 
Unless they oh, plan yeah. on having a match at like a future takeover. Well, the Rumble is soon. So we're going to, uh, the Rumble's in Phoenix. So Takeover Phoenix is the next takeover. So we could see Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan there and then see Lars in the Rumble. So there's that. that. But okay, hold on. Are we going to talk about spoilers or are we going to talk about just what was on TV? So we got on TV. Let's okay. Not, let's not because, try to ruin everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Dying. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because uh, pepperoni went down the round two. Guys, oh, dang. Uh, watch and the build up towards uh, Takeover Phoenix, please, please. It will be. It will be awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. Between Lars Sullivan and Keith Lee, man. Keith Lee like showed how athletic he really is. Oh yeah. I don't I I've not seen a guy who's almost 300 pounds do a corkscrew over the top rope. And you know what I want to see? You know what I want to see. I want to see the undisputed era. Dropping tag titles. I'm a huge Undisputed Era fan. They're clearly not going to be dropping them to fucking War Raiders because the tapings happened. War Raiders were nowhere to be found. Apparently, Undisputed Era is in a mini feud with uh, Heavy Machine. So that's fine. It's whatever. Otis and the other guy can work. Well, Otis can work. Um, if they don't pick up the War Raiders feud going into mania and they don't have anything set for two other people i know i just complained about just throwing people together as a tag team but i would like to see like if they're gonna do another dusty classic to be the like the champ like the finals of a tournament and it's gonna happen at takeover during wrestlemania weekend 100 percent book it undisputed era versus keith lee and Matt Riddle. Book it. It's funny because they kind of alluded to that. They did. They, a couple weeks ago on NXT where they were like buddy-buddy backstage. And then Cassius Ono was like, where you at, bro? Blah, 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 blah. And they were just having fun in the back. So I'd like to see that tag team. I would like to see that tag team. What would you call that tag team? I don't know. The Basking Bros. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Because I was trying to think of like... Yeah, I had nothing. Actually, that's really good. <laughs> or, or, that's what I would call them. The Basking, the the basking Bros. <laughs> now, see, now if Keith Lee gets promoted up to main roster and a certain Bobby Roode needs a partner, Keith Lee, Basking My Glory, Glorious Bobby Roode, something can work there. You can do that there. Yep. But then, you know, you don't want him as a tag team. And then have Matt Riddle just kick, the fa- kick uh, Zach Ryder's face off. <laughs> you know, probably yet. <laughs> like, he hasn't been on the show forever. I don't care about <laughs> it. I never cared about him in NXT. Like, I'd even like in NXT, see- 
when he was a good guy, I never cared about him. He just had no, he had nothing for me. I was just like, oh, yay, it's a guy who likes to run fast. Ugh. <laughs> I think for me, what I would like to see is I'd like to see, uh, to see Pete Dunn versus Ricochet at TakeOver Phoenix and have them just kind of understand that they can be like a better team and then no. have them challenge Undisputed Era as like the team. I, I, don't you know want mean? That. I don't want that. That's too many. That's no. As much as I appreciate the Pete Dunn ricochet matches with each other, tag team with Undisputed Era, blah, 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 blah. I'm fine with it. They, they need to not have this meld of like the UK and the NA titles like merge or to one person holding both titles. Like, no. Let Pete Dunn go do his thing in NXT UK. Let Ricochet have the mid-card title in NXT. And let, let's let's give Pete Dunn a swan song off of U, American UK, or American television, NXT television, and have him focused, you know, on building okay. on the brand of UK. There's like a whole bunch of wrestlers that have just signed over to WWE NXT UK, you know, and like one of the big German wrestlers, I think his name is Walter, Walter, something like that. Walter, and like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's there a, now. He's, he he signed on. What a build! They have a, huge, I mean, they have a huge, huge roster. They have a great roster for the UK divisions. Uh, like, there's been like a lot of rumors too, and I know uh, Russell Talk broke it. Cultaholics talked about it, and then even like uh, PW Insider was talking about how some of the contracts now have changed for UK NXT wrestlers where they can't wrestle with any of the local promotions. They can only do the three that have a partnership with WWE. Progress, so Evolve, and um, who's the other one? I can't think of the other one. Progress. They're gonna lock down. They're gonna lock down all these talent because, you know, the one thing that WWE found out was that why would crowds want to pay like a hundred pounds for play match when they can wait for that one wrestler to come to like one of their local pubs and wrestle for like ten pounds? So why would they want to pay all that extra money if they can just wait two shows they can see him again? Right made sense you know but what you're gonna ultimately do is you're gonna like that that wrestler is it's it's gonna be a make a break thing you know we'll see what happens in the future anyway back to the (laughs) hey you know i do i do kind of want to see that matt riddle now (laughs) matt riddle and um keith lee that just that just sounds like a legit team and then i'd uh, EC3 actually this last week on NXT called out um, I'd, I'd like to see that match. I can't wait. You know that um, um, Marcel Barthel he's been doing the NXT circuit. I don't know if he's going to stay in NXT if they're going to put him in UK but he actually did a tag team with Walter at one point. Or had a stable with Walter, so it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to re revive that. 
Actually, I've heard I've heard that they were in, and they've heard they've I've heard that they've had some pretty solid matches. Marcel Barthel like, is amazing. Like he is a great fucking heel. Great fucking heel. That obviously, like I'm gonna have to go back and start watching because that's not I'm not I'm not too familiar with him. And oh, I just not, know like, a lot on, of people talk. He hasn't been on TV a whole lot. And if he has been on TV, he's just been he's just jobbed out. I saw him a lot of times now mainly in losing situations on uh, when I lived in Florida. Uh, like where Katie's at at NXT Jackson um, in the Armory, but he's he's been there, and it was great. He's just a great heel. He's got like that great stature. He's just got a great presence about him that's just like just oozes like almost like a William Regal heel style, like that. Like if you imagine like just the pompous ar- arrogance, but like a stature where you know he's kind of threatening because he knows what he's doing in the ring and he's just evil, like. Like how William Regal used to be. It's like that's the only way I can describe it. But instead of being a British way, it's in a German way. Uh, that, so I mean, that sounds legit. Just, so I think I'm in with it's, that. <laughs> it's great. You know, it's fucking great. I love him. I love to hate him. I love to boo him, and it's it's great. His tight, but like his tights usually say something like Ringkampf, which is kind of triggering for some people because Hitler's book was called Mein Kampf. So, but that was Ringkampf was the stable that they had in progress and evolve of him, Walter, and another dude. I think it was named was like Tim Thatcher or something like that. That was that group was Ring, and so now he has it like on his tights. And I think it's fucking great, fucking great. Yeah, I can see, I can see why people would um get upset about that. Oh yeah, just yeah. I have a question though, so. It's been rumored, right? And this was something that came out. Sorry, my dog is hitting his his favorite blind. Uh, so there was a rumor, right, that uh, get escape out of the WWE for a second because I want to talk about this. So uh, the owner, the son, the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Con. Mm, yes. Had- oh my God. This shit. Okay. Yeah. Talk about this, right? So it just follows. Uh-huh. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! All the stuff for AEW or All Elite Wrestling. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's like a lot of different shows that they're going to talk about. They've got a couple pay per views already put in. Uh, well, rumored pay per views. Uh, I think it was like Tuesday Night Throwdown or Throwdown Tuesday or Tuesday Night Specials or something like that. Uh, but all out, all in. And then uh, all uh, elite wrestling, and this is that uh, the Young Bucks, as well as Cody, and there was a couple other guys in there. Obviously, Kenny Omega being one of them as well. But they're all putting in for this against WWE to help, you know, like obviously make a better product all around the American scene. Like, what's your thought process on like? getting together with i think they said he was like the 220th richest man in the in the world at like four billion dollars or something like that (laughs) you're missing like a huge part of the story that makes it even better okay so the trademarks were registered in jacksonville 
and specifically the address that the, because when you file for uh, titles uh, and copyrights and trademarks and everything else like that, you have to give an address. And uh, usually when it's at uh, when they're on file, they don't usually show names. But the address was specifically for the stadium of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is currently owned by Shahid Khan, who has really helped build up Jacksonville, like downtown, everything. Um, really trying to you know just build it up and make it like great. Um, Awesome. So apparently the cons, which apparently is possibly his son that's doing this, we don't know specifically, um, has invested money into these trademarks. So with the titles of the, with, with the names of them all, one can assume that Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, pretty much the Bullet Club is also in on this because it links really closely to all in the show that they had earlier this year um, that they funded and, you know, did in Chicago, which makes sense. That's fine. The big thing with this, aside from the fact that it, it's based, it would possibly be based in Jacksonville, which signed me the fuck up, um, is that two names are attached to it that are very pro WWE. And that is Jim Ross and Chris yeah, Jericho. You're right. I did forget that. And if if they would be running it or doing something with it, JR has a great site for talent. And Chris would be probably a focal point alongside whoever decides to show up. If it's Kenny, if it's Cody, if it's the Bucks, whomever. Um, I'm assuming that they would probably have some sort of partnership still with New Japan and Ring of Honor, which, again, would make waves still. Uh, yeah. I am 100%, 110% on board with this. Not just because... So I think the, the one thing I remember reading was that all the guys from the Bullet Club have let their contracts go except yep. for Hangman Page who re-signed with Ring of Honor, but everybody else has let their contracts go. So it's definitely like a big deal right now where we're going to start seeing like more talent like probably do the same thing, you know, and start showing up at AEW when it takes off. I know like a uh if, both if we don't know both the brothers um have said that 2019 is going to be a very interesting year so i don't and know a lot, are, a lot of people are misconstruing that for possibly them going to nxt slash wwe which i mean could be a thing it, it could be a could thing be. do do we really think that i mean they've already shown that they can do success without wwe with being in New Japan, doing Ring of Honor, doing the independent circuit, and having All In being a part of that, being as huge of a success as All In was. Because regardless of if it was streamed or not, or if it's like clearly it's not going to be WWE's capability or capacity with technology entrances, music, and shit like that, WWE is on its own level. We get that. We understand that. There's nothing, not even Impact or Ring of Honor, since they are the only ones that have really broadcasted, syndicated, television network shows to compete against it. We know that. But the thing is, it would be, if it's in Florida, which is NXT territory, NXT circuits Florida, every month, every month, there is always house shows in Florida. Once a month, at least, Katie and Jacksonville people will go to Jack the Armory in Jacksonville on Normandy Boulevard and see a show. There's one in St. Augustine. There's Gainesville. 
if AEW becomes a thing and they bring in names like Kenny Omega, who is considered one of the best in the world, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, who carry, you know, they, their names carry something. It, they, they mean something in the industry. And they preside in NXT stomping grounds in Florida with names backing them like Shahid Khan and Chris Jericho and Jim Ross. It's going to do something to make not only NXT, but possibly WWE. And a lot of people are thinking, well, it, it, it's, it's not that big, uh, a big game player because, you know, Cody, who was he? He was basically a mid-carder, you know, really only like internet marks have heard of Kenny Omega. The point is you're basically running up to your uh, a bully's house or a, 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 some person's mansion and starting to build something that could rival it or at least in quality. And Ditto. it's going to get noted. Like, Triple H, like, Vince McMahon may not be, like, connected to the outside world. Like, he probably lives in his own little bubble. He's probably very, like, we could probably assume that he lives in a world that's very much, I get, like, the only other person I can really associate with is probably like Donald Trump, not knowing so much of what real world society is like. Not feeling, not listening to the dirt sheets and everything else like that. Triple H, however, even though he is a company man, he listens, he pays attention, and he—I'm pretty sure he has people on the ground listening to this stuff on like the forums and the twitters and the reddits and stuff like that. So it's going to be—if this thing comes to pass, oh my god, I am 100% excited to see, like, this promotion and how NXT and WWE react, like. Let's have some fun with this really quick. Um, so there is a huge rumor, though, that if AEW does take off, that there's already two WWE superstars, not known who, obviously, but have already committed to leaving WWE to go join AEW. Like, Ooh. who would you think that that might be? A lot of people are going to go to say, you know, Carl Anderson. And um, obviously uh, Galloway too, but why not Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? I don't know. That's hard. That's hard because I could see it being Carl and and Luke because they haven't done anything with them. They've they've been on the back burner, and like Carl wanted to come back to the states to be closer to his family and raise his kids in like a more stable environment. Not that Japan wasn't stable. It was just that he would like, he would be, they would be living in Japan, but Carl would be traveling around so much to come back to the States to do ring of honor and just be with new Japan and stuff like that. He'd be doing a lot of extra stuff. Like uh, he, his plan was to come here and be, be a little bit more stable. I can see that uh, for Kevin and Sammy. I don't know. I don't know. They just moved their so, families down too. Yeah, I don't know so much about them because they're more of a bigger name. They've Wouldn't done more. You expect that? No, because they're pampered. They're taken care of. I feel like they're taken care of. Yeah, it's not always the best, but they're they've been in like for the past couple years. They've always been in prominent storylines. They've gotten, yeah, they've gotten, they've gotten a whole lot of championships and everything, but 
I think WWE has take... a lot of championships. Yes, Kevin Owens has a lot of championships. Sami Zayn has a lot of clout and a lot of like great matches under his belt, like against Nakamura for one. Um, yeah, they're both injured right now. I don't think it would be Owens and Zayn. I think if you're talking about Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny, and everything else like that, very like Bullet Club esque. I think ones can definitely eye uh, the club. You can also, I, I'm not say Finn. I think Vin is too protected, even though they haven't. They they've been fucking him up completely. Like the Finn Balor that's on main roster right now is nowhere near like the badass that he was back in NXT. Um, I don't know. I would have to research contract honestly, but Luke, Luke and uh, Carl and Luke. I feel like I would feel like Luke would definitely be one. The funny thing is, is AJ Styles his contract is due up and he's actually right now in negotiations with them, which is the reason why they A took the title off of him and B took him off the mixed match challenge. Cause if he's not gonna be there in January, obviously they're not gonna keep him. Well, right? his, they're not gonna put his him contract in contract is up until, his contract isn't up until summer. That's why the WWE took the title they're off not, of him. They're not unless AJ I don't know. Work less dates. I don't I don't think so. I don't think AJ's gonna go anywhere. I think AJ stays with WWE and retires with WWE. The other he's crazy making, part. He's making too much money and he is too high value to let WWE will probably be like, okay, we'll give you the money that you want. The other crazy part. When asked about what how he felt about AEW and how things were gonna go. CM Punk said, never say never, something that I'm doing with those guys. I don't think Punk is going to do anything wrestling anymore. I think, I think he, so the funny thing was, is that I guess Cody Rhodes, like, sent a text message to CM Punk that said, hey, if you want to do something with us, let's do something. And, uh, he offered him a contract, but that's what CM, CM Punk came back and said, you don't offer somebody a contract by saying, hey, we might have something for you if you want to do something. He's, he's like, if they would have told me, told me, hey, we want you to do this, this, and this, and we're going to pay you for it, obviously X amount of money, he's like, I would have done it. So what stops CM Punk from wanting to be in something like AEW and wrestling matches with the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega or whoever else, Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho and Jim Ross are only rumored to be characters on the show, not like. Now they're going to be invested. They're going to be invested 100%. I think it's not just going to be characters. I think they're going to be integral because they're going to be big names. They're already. That's why this 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 report has already gotten so much news and buff because they're big names. If Jim Ross and Chris Jericho are a part of this. This is going to be huge. I wouldn't say it's going to be a blow to WWE because Jericho hasn't done anything with WWE since he appeared at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Did the Greatest Jim- Royal Rumble? Yeah. Not Crown Jewel, Greatest Royal Rumble. No. I don't remember him being at the Greatest Rumble. I thought the last appearance he had was Raw 1000. Not, bro, where are you? No, that one. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the oh, earlier this year with Elias, 
when you put him on the list? Was that Raw 2500? Or 25 years of Raw, whatever it was? I don't know. He was I remember him. Then. He was at, definitely at the Rumble, though. At that abortion of a Rumble. Which I remembered it. Just, I remember like Rey Mysterio being there I, and the Titus World slide. Like, that's it. That's all I remember about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm hyped about what could be going on in Jacksonville. You're right. This is, it's, it's not going to be a huge blow. But what it's going to do is the thing is, is Vince McMahon of the money that, Obviously, Khan would have right because obviously Khan is like I think they think that's what they said is four point four billion dollars is what he's net worth. Like even if you put um, find it, you can get the production, you can get the camera crew, you can get the talent, you can get the guy who composes the music. I'm sure who was the guy that was um, before Jim CFO? Johnson. Jim Johnson. There you go. Comes in. He's he's mad at the WB. He makes all these badass entrance musics for all these guys. So yeah, Jericho's uh, he he did an appearance at Raw 25 back in January of earlier this year, and then April 9th he was announced as a participant of the Greatest Warrior Rumble. And then a couple days later, remember they switched him and Rusev, and then Jericho was in a face taker in the casket match, and then they switched him again. That's right. And then That's Jericho, right. Jericho was the number 50 entrant. To the yeah, 50 entrant. I know, right? 50 entrants. But, um, but yeah, no, his, right, last, appearance, matters. his, his last appearance was Greatest Royal Rumble. Suck it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Get on my level. Well, no, someday. But yeah, no, this is, I mean, exciting things for happening, things outside of the WWE, especially if AEW becomes a thing because I live in the greater Atlanta area. I could travel down to Jacksonville often. Uh, you need to carry your ass to come to some shows then. So that would be great. I have high hope. I hope. I hope. I, I, I'm not going to put money on anything, but I, I don't have hope for Raw. I have hope for SmackDown, and I'm really excited for NXT and 205. I know we didn't talk a whole lot about NXT and 205, but um, Io Shirai is going to become a main player. Dakota Kai is going to be on NXT TV because Kyrie Usain was sick, has a viral infection for uh, this past week for the taping, so she wasn't really there. Um, but definitely Marina and Jessamyn Duke are prominent in the next couple of taping uh, sh show tapings. Um, just a lot of good stuff coming out of NXT. So we're really excited about that. But we are out of time. So, yep, you can follow us on pretty much any social media device or social media platform, I should say, uh, for Franken Culture, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm sure Steve probably sings a couple songs and we're on Spotify. I don't know. Um, you can follow me <laughs> at Martin Dew on Twitter and Instagram, uh, especially if you like dogs. I have been recently posting nothing. Uh, just just my dog. I bought him a sweater for winter, and he looks adorable in it, so you can come check out my dog. Love him. Uh, and then Cliff uh, is what? Um, CM, uh, CM underscore Miller 85 on a bunch of shit and big red dog something, blah, blah, blah. 
Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes. See, At I can CM remember it. Miller 85. CM underscore Miller 85. See, I remembered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can also catch me here. Uh, on Frank and Coulter as well. Uh, probably Sundays or Mondays. I'm still trying to figure the the nicks out of everything, but get the KO. We'll definitely be on board. So we're yep. We're still cutting, be talking still about UFC stuff, fights so. and fighting and all that other fun shit. Yeah, beating the hell out of somebody is gonna be fucking awesome. If you can only remember how to record and save and edit. Got me again. Nah. I got a so, new microphone, so you know it's all work in progress right now. And you sound great. You just need to find a location in the house that doesn't ruin your connection. I'm doing. I'm working on. Why that. do you not have an office to do this in? Because you know I have a two-bedroom apartment. That's why. Bruh, we're gonna fix that. All right, <laughs> we're not gonna get into this Cliff's like terrible, like structured life, but. <laughs> <laughs> So, for the rest of us here at Frank Culture, we will see you in a week. Maybe two. Depends how I fucking feel. Hashtag deal with it. TTFN. <laughs>